Spiritual warfare, what is it exactly? Often, we recognize that we are in a spiritual battle, but it can be unclear how the enemy attacks or even how we gain victory. In this series, Pastor John Metter of Cross City Church shares insights into how best to prepare for and defeat the enemy. It's a war, but there is a clear winner. Hey, this is John Metter, and this is our Life is War podcast. We're on uh, episode number five now. We're walking through spiritual warfare, what it means to be in life and be in war, spiritually speaking. And um, we've walked through kind of an overview of what spiritual warfare is. We've talked a little bit about the enemy, and we'll speak more about him. But we'll also uh, remind you that we've been through the armor of God. We've talked about what those different pieces represent. We've named six of them, and there's a seventh one I'm going to leave to uh, another episode down the road, and that seventh one is prayer, which isn't exemplified so much by a piece of the armor uh, and a Roman centurion's armor, but it does represent how all this has power and how it allows us to put this uh, warfare armor on. So in this particular episode, we're going to talk about Uh, how we approach the battle. Basically, I want you to be thinking with me about what this war is all about again, and I want you to think about how to get prepared and what you gain by being prepared. You know, preparedness is everything. Uh, Back in 1992, a, a huge hurricane came through Florida called Hurricane Andrew. And the reason that I remember this hurricane on the coast of Florida uh, was because we had a number of people who um, had vacation homes in that area and who frequently came there. There's a little town called Homestead not far from the beach there, and Hurricane Andrew came through that area and completely, completely obliterated the city of Homestead. We consequently went and did some uh, mission work down there where we helped clean things up and help people kind of rebuild their lives. But 250,000 people were left homeless, and 82,000 businesses were destroyed, and 100,000 people left the area permanently. So you're talking about a major storm. But in one unforgettable interview afterwards, one man whose house was the only house still standing on a several-block area said the only reason his house stood is because it was built to withstand such a storm. He knew he was building in hurricane territory, but he also knew he was putting his very life into that home. And so his family, his memories, his possessions, his valuables, his cars in the garage. So he got the strictest business code he could find, and he built his home himself according to specs. Two by six interior walls, two by eight exterior walls, which was far above code, the right kind of nails, the right kind of windows and doors, and the right kind of roof pitch. His house was standing because he was the only one prepared in that several-block area. It was the only difference between his home and the homes that were blown away by the hurricane winds. So he didn't have to rebuild when everybody else did. That's what I want for your life. I want you to approach the war that we have in spiritual, uh, in our spiritual life with the kind of preparedness that this guy had for his house. So what does that really mean? Well, when we walk through Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, and that first admonition, therefore, take up the full armor of God, we'll give you a little bit of background to help you kind of frame your mindset around the things we've already said. 
I want you to picture Paul in prison. I want you to picture him seeing those Roman centurions every day with their armor. I want you to see him contemplating and putting that image together in his mind as to how do I tell those people that have come to faith in Christ how to get prepared for battle the same way the Roman soldiers and centurions train their troops. I can do it with showing them the pieces of the armor. I can do it by how Roman soldiers prepare for war in general. Um, How can I prepare people for this? And I think this is the classic and powerful, even supernatural way that that God used Paul to write uh, this text about spiritual warfare. So let me just talk about how we approach a battle. And what I've learned from reading Paul and from reading life in general. First of all, we've got to prepare ourselves. You know, when a when a when a soldier in any type of uh, military environment is prepared, uh, he goes through what we call boot camp. Uh, There's that push-up, running miles every day, spit shining boots, learning to obey your commander, then giving uh, giving them a gun and teaching them how to use that gun, that's all a big part of what boot camp is all about. In other words, it's basic training. It's training in the basics of military life. And those guys have camaraderie with each other. They, they just learn to get ready in every way. I want you to know there's a spiritual counterpart to that. The spiritual counterpart to boot camp is the basic stuff like learning to read your Bible, learning to pray, learning to be accountable to each other, learning to obey God. Paul, basically in writing in Ephesians 6, said, you take up the full armor of God. So there's, a, there's an importance and an accountability on each of us individually taking up the full armor of God. You pick it up. You put it on. You do it yourself. Every single day, get ready spiritually. Get ready spiritually. If you don't get ready spiritually, then you're never really going to be doing well in that battle. I read a fascinating story of the bull moose not too many years ago. National Geographic ran an article about the Alaskan bull moose, and the males of the species battle for dominance during the fall brooding season. They literally go head-to-head with antlers, and they crunch those together as they collide. Often the antlers, their only weapon that they have, will break, and that ensures defeat. Usually the heftiest moose, the largest and strongest antlers, triumphs. So the battle fought in the fall is really won during the summer when the moose eat continually. The the one that consumes the best diet for growing antlers and gaining weight will be the heavyweight in the fight. Those that eat inadequately sport weaker antlers and less bulk. So there's a lesson for us here. Spiritual battles await. Satan will choose a season to attack. Will we be victorious or will we fail? Much depends on what we do now before the war begins. The bull moose principle is enduring strength and faith and wisdom for trials are best developed before they're needed. A guy named Greg Larson brought that story to the surface. So I say that to say we've got to prepare ourselves in season and out of season. We must prepare ourselves. Second, we we can't ever overemphasize the enemy. I take Paul's examples Paul uses very few words on the enemy. He spends a lot of time talking about the weaponry, the weapons you have, and less time about the enemy. We know something about the enemy, but we're, we're not consumed with knowledge about the enemy. I have found that some teachers who teach the scripture glorify the demonic. 
And that's not good. I'm not going to do that here. I'm not going to speak so much about the demons that you're afraid to see a demon behind every door, even though they're all over. You can know a lot about the enemy, but if you're not prepared, you're going to go down. One way or another, you're going to, you're going to fail, even if you know everything about the enemy. More important than knowing about the enemy is knowing about the protection you have. And I kind of like watching UFC championships and, and uh, MMA championships. And uh, these guys fight a lot. There's no way that they can master uh, by observation what their opponent is going to be like every time. But what they can master is their own skill sets. And that's what I want to emphasize. You master your own skill sets. You master your own uh, weapons. And you'll be ready for the battle. And then you need to approach the battle with a commitment level that's high. You've got to put on the full armor of God. It's all or nothing. And the enemy is so crafty that if you leave a gap, he'll find ways to exploit it. And if you look around you, you see people everywhere that have fallen in the faith. They have fallen down. They've, uh, they have dove into the deep end of immorality. They have uh, chased uh, these um, false teaching and moved off into things like prosperity teaching or other aspects of uh, so-called faith. They've just missed it in so many boats, so many ways. So it's really important that your commitment level must be high at standing on the truth and knowing the truth. So we approach the battle in those ways. Prepare yourself. Don't overemphasize the enemy. Uh, commitment level high. We're going to be in this to win the war with the power of Christ. And let me also talk about why we must be prepared. You must be prepared so that you can resist in the evil day. If you're not prepared, you're going to lose a lot of battles. Now, this statement is con conditional in Ephesians chapter 6. You won't be able to resist if you don't take up the armor. It's also passive, so let me translate it for you. It says, so that the armor will enable you to resist. Literally, this armor we've talked about allows you to fight. And soldiers with armor, um, in the way that God has shown us in Scripture, they have the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, they they hold the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and so forth. Uh, when they do battle, they're protected in every way. And if there's an enemy, and if he attacks you, you won't have the tools to resist without God's armor. So to not be prepped for battle is to be prepped for failure. So we don't want to underestimate the power and deceptiveness of the enemy, but what we want to do is focus on the weapons that God has given us. A couple of the battles, just by way of example, Sometimes we do battle with our self-image because we don't have the helmet of salvation. We don't have the breastplate of righteousness. And we hear the enemy whisper to us, you are worthless. You are useless. You're unworthy of God. He's not forgiven. You won't forgive you. And, uh, and those words are words that tear us down. It discourages us in our walk with Christ. We might begin to think that God is, uh, is someone who's just waiting to zap us with a bolt of lightning, that he's not a loving father the way the scripture says that we have not been adopted the way the Bible says. And so if we're not really really building our lives on truth and putting on that breastplate of righteousness, that is who we are in Christ, and the helmet of salvation, that is that we are secure in Christ, then, I, then they, we've given the enemy a chance to tear us down. Another example that I've used in the past is the example of pornography, where people begin to look at images like pornography and don't realize that they're doing more than hurting themselves. They're opening up the doors for themselves to be corrupted and to corrupt people around them as well. And the shield of faith 
in a battle against things like pornography helps us to take those fiery darts and trust instead that God's purity is greater than the world's lust. That's really, really important that we learn to pick up the armor of God and not be disqualified. One of the famous statements that Paul made is made in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. He said, I buffet my body and I bring it under subjection. After, after I have preached, I myself should be disqualified. And what Paul means is, I can know the truth, and I can even teach the truth, but if I am not myself prepared to deal with temptation, to deal with test, to deal with the battle, then I may have, may have nothing to say at all because I've disqualified myself. So that's why we must be prepared. So we can stand firm, stay qualified, stay on good footing, good ground, and be able to be ready for war. But let me tell you what you can gain by being prepared, and all this is encouragement for preparing. The scripture goes on and says, Having done everything to stand firm. That's in verse 13. And that's the real advantage that we have. Getting to a place where we can stand firm. Now what does standing firm mean? It means we not only keep what God gives us, but we resist the enemy's attempts to remove those things. We not only keep what God gives us, but we resist the enemy's attempt to remove those things. Let me give you some examples, just a short list. We keep the truth that sets us free, and we remove lies and deception. We keep the peace that God gives us, even though circumstances may be tough, and we remove the hesitation and the fears that would otherwise be there. Or we keep the purpose for which God called us, and we remove the aimlessness and the, the boredom of living life without purpose. Or we keep the holiness that makes us more like him and we remove the doubts of where is the power of God and are we truly saved? Are we really following him? And I know those things are very important to you. So put on your wardrobe for war and wear it well. Approach the battle with a seriousness. Be prepared to be able to resist and notice what you're going to gain by being prepared. Now, here's what I know. I know when I fight spiritual battles, I get out on the other side, and I'm amazed at the progress I make having come through the battle. You know, pickleball is a sport these days uh, for many people, and, and I've been exposed to pickleball just a bit. And I've only played a few times, a handful of times, maybe six or eight times. But I've noticed this. I, from the beginning of playing pickleball till, till now, each time I've played, I've gotten better at it. A little bit of preparation, a little YouTube video uh, searching, uh, listening to a few of the pros say, here are five things you ought to do, five things you need to stop doing. And it's really surprising how you can progress through a pickleball battle, if you will. I know that sounds crazy to some of you, but a pickleball battle can be won by being prepared, by making sure that you know your weapons and know how to use them, and, uh, and knowing that you can gain the victory by that preparation. Now, what a crazy illustration for a real war. But sometimes we look at the mundane things of life, the games of life, if you will, and we learn a lot of spiritual lessons. So I want to encourage you, no matter what game you want to apply this to, no matter what sports you want to apply this to, I want you to apply it and know that preparedness for the battle will help you win. Now, I can say the other side of this is, if you don't prepare, if you don't practice, if you don't know what your your weapons are like you're going to lose a lot of battles and there's going to be a lot of regret and a lot of tears on that battlefield 
and I want you to win. I want you to win. So what to wear to war, all those things we talked about today. Stay with us. We've got more in the next episode and even deeper when it comes to the sense of how do you pray? How do you make sure that you're doing everything to win the war? God bless you for joining us. Hope to hear that you've connected with us again.